To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And hello, all you beautiful people. This is Skylar Schuler, editor and chief, in chief and chief, both. Either or. Of the DizInsider.com. I'm your magical tour guide, taking you on a journey. Oh, with boy. Two... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you were going oh, there, and then we were like, oh, okay. Did uh, I sound, did I sound like comes. a, did I sound like a, a Disney, like a Disney, like, audio guy like is that yeah you to get exactly on okay it almost I, sounded like creepy but but like i know you're going like oh. matthew broderick <laughs> yeah you know that I'm, fact that i said was true by the I, way oh i'm gonna look into that because i had no idea okay. um i'm skylar schuler editor-in-chief of the DizInsider.com. with me as always is Derek cornell of the DizInsider.com. and i'm just a glorified assistant but thank you God, nailed yeah. it <laughs> i Darn was waiting it. for it <laughs> And also with us today, our first guest host, he's the head writer of TheDizInsider.com. He's one of my longest uh, writers on the team, um, and he's become a huge part of what we do here. It is Josh Sharp. Yeah! Welcome, Josh, Josh Sharp, Sharp, to the show. Thanks, guys. Heck yeah. Um, so Disney News has been just sporadic the last couple weeks you would get like two big things and then you get four days and nothing and yeah. it's been quite awful so i mean today was that, pretty good and well, it was pretty good today it wasn't too bad yeah. um with that how are you guys how you guys been how you guys holding up uh good <laughs> work is busy Thanks. thank you for sharing your how your <laughs> life's going anyway um not many people know about Josh, wouldn't you say? Uh, I don't think so, but Seems they like should. People... And give us a little yeah. background on you, Josh. Tell us your story Tell and how you got here. How I got here. Um, so when my wife and I were planning for uh, our honeymoon, we decided to go to Disneyland. And so I got kind of obsessive with all the Disneyland facts I could find. And then... Um, I started getting really interested in Disney history really fast, and I already loved it. I already loved, like, Saving Mr. Banks was one of my favorite movies um, because I thought it was just – I loved that history and that the look of, you know, Los Angeles in the 1960s. I thought that was so cool. And so I, I started exploring that more when planning Disneyland trip, and then I found you guys, and I, I've always loved writing, especially um, for film film reviews, that kind of thing. And so I just started doing that for Disney myself, and then I found you guys and um, joined the team. It was pretty cool. Yeah. No, we're we're super stoked to have you. Um, Always. What is your? I, I have to ask because you've done mm-hmm. you've been doing some exciting things on the site, but what's been your what's like your biggest moment? Oh gosh. Um. Prob- I mean, well, sort of unrelated to the site, but going to D twenty three Expo was a huge deal because I'd never gone to a con or anything like that ever. And so taking a trip and doing that um, and meeting so many cool people and then meeting Skylar, and it was it was a great time. I had a great time with that. But my most surreal moment was probably talking to Jody Benson, having Jody Benson call me. Uh, that was pretty surreal. Did you save her number? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, That's I, okay. I have it. Oh, oh nailed so, it. But, you know, no, but, but as far as your cons, dude, like – I remember going my first con. It's like a magical experience, pun intended, yeah. for Disney. 
Yeah, it was. Um, I got to meet Floyd Norman and Leonard Malton, and and I got to meet Sarah Sterling, who is kind of how I got into like the online Disney community is through her. Uh, I started following her, and so it was just pretty crazy to one minute just kind of be introduced to all of it, and then the next couple within the next couple of years doing this writing and going to these events and talking to these people. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it 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 grows. It does, especially really it, yeah. It's it's been a long ride, but I mean, once me and Skyler, once we finally like hit the mark, oh, it's been like a roller coaster. Yeah, just up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's we just want to go up though. We don't want the down part of the roller coaster. Right. No. Of course. No. No, we yeah. want to stay up. I mean, we, we want, want the, the most excitement. Boring. Yeah, we want the most boring roller coaster. Just yeah. up always. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> never comes down. <laughs> and it's like it's like a Big Thunder Mountain up. It's not like that up, but it's still like exciting enough to have fun. Right. I, I mean, I'm scared of heights. Well, so am I. But I will go on roller coasters. Um, I just can't sit next to the window on a plane. Freaks me out. Oh really? Yeah. So wait, that's that's the kind of heights you're afraid of? Is like plane heights, not roller coaster heights? It's the fact that like if I look straight down, it's like with roller coasters I'm in a harness, but planes are sketchy, uh, just because I'm a hypochondriac and I research and I'm like the uh uh, uh how guess how many planes crash uh every year and I'm like that type of dude, but <laughs> oh uh, I'm I mean, the roller guy coasters, that will, I'm the guy that will read the story about the chick who fell from fell thirty thousand feet down from a plane that exploded and survived. That's me. <laughs> You'll be like, I'm like, well, then you're me. way more optimistic than me. <laughs> I'm definitely more. No, because I'm the, I'm that chick that survives, and I don't want to be that yeah. chick that survives. Yeah, that's the that's the way to think about it. But as far as like other fears, it's it's the ocean. That's my no. That's probably my top fear is uh, the ocean and snakes. Because <laughs> obviously, why did uh, I have heights, clowns, spiders. Mean people. <laughs> yeah, people that, yeah, that's going to Disneyland on opening day. Oh, that, that one hit. Those are those are my fears. Opening day, like 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 reopening day. Okay, I was gonna say. Not not nineteen fifty five. That would be a fear of mine too. Nineteen fifty five Disneyland opening day. It was like a hundred and ten degrees. The cement was still wet. The water fountains and the toilets were not working, and they had to choose, and all sorts of crazy stuff. I'd be scared of that opening day, too. Yeah, that sounds awful. Better. It's just crowds. <laughs> yeah, it's, too, it's too, too many people. Ooh, jinx. Yes. Uh, okay, so it's funny we're talking about rides. We're going to get into a topic here in just a second, but I want to know... And Disneyland in DCA is probably not the best place for this question, but is there... if if there's not, what is the closest thing to the scariest ride to you at Disneyland? Mm, I gotta say Guardians because it's a free fall, and not, you know, that kind of comes in with my height thing. <laughs> free yeah. falling is not fun, but that ride is fun. I guess it's like a, it's, it's like thrilling a being, yeah, it's just thrilling. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the Incredicoaster. Coaster. I love it, but it's pretty scary. I mean, I think it's a scary roller coaster. Okay, do not laugh, but this is for a good reason. It's it's easily Goofy Sky School. It's that 
four-person. Oh my god! It's that four-person oh, roller coaster that takes the sharpest turns, and you it do hurts. not feel that. And it's a tiny little roller coaster, and when it makes those sharp turns, you're like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm not like obese or anything, but if I'm sitting on the edge and that thing makes a sharp turn. <laughs> what if i'm the tipping factor for that <laughs> i don't want to yeah. be that guy that like, that won't happen there pal <laughs> i hope not well that's i'm not even gonna make that joke never mind <laughs> oh, well. but no that ride hurts like i do not like going on that ride yeah, and it's always a long line i'm like for what to get punched in the gut seconds. yeah <laughs> I, I rode that for the first time last year and i probably won't ride it again because it just isn't oh. fun i don't find it fun no, it's uncomfortable. Like you said, it's uncomfortable. It's not. It's not fun. And that's Ooh, a kid, that's a kid's ride. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> the the one that actually uh, scared my wife as a kid. I guess not so much as an adult. Um, but I mean, to go on a side note, she would not go on Tower of Terror when we first started dating at all, and she would get upset that I was like pushing her. But I'm like, dude, you're 20. <laughs> Come on. But as a kid, she was scared of Snow White and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is kind of scary. Freaky. You're mm-hmm. going to the underworld. Snow yeah. White's Scary Adventures is cool because it's like it's like kid creepy. It's like a but it's slow and you know nothing's gonna get you. Yeah, no. But but I, not but I get five. why it's scary. Yeah. But also Winnie the Pooh. Come on. <laughs> not scary, but like who? Weird. Yeah, who decided to pick the Heffalump trip for that ride is what I want to know. Like Could have been anything else. Though. What's that? Like for a ride? It seems like such a natural fit. Yeah, it's terrifying, but... but kind yeah, of... I know. Just being picky. You're, you're a little older, maybe. Yeah. A totally rad engineer did that scene. Um, <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so across the way from... Uh, Winnie the Pooh, there's Splash Mountain. Do you? Mm, yeah. Let, let me. Oh, let's. Okay, a couple questions before we get into a, a more heated topic. Is do you guys like Splash Mountain just as a ride in general? Like take yeah. take everything out of it as as a as as an attraction. Do you like Splash Mountain? I like it for a water ride, but I'm honestly like, it's the drop that gets you. But other than that, I'd rather go on Grand California Rapids to be honest. If I want a good water ride. I mean, if I go to Disneyland and miss Splash Mountain, I'm not upset. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. It's 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 the idea that it's just a it's a flume water ride. You know, it's somebody said, let's cut out this log and throw you over a mountain. Um, And take a really risque movie and let's make it the theme. (laughs) Yeah. No, Josh, do you like it as an attraction? I do. I like um, the I think. The music is fun, and I like the animatronics. That being said, I mean, if it was rethemed, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So that's my that's my next question. Yeah. Uh, only because there are petitions out there, and we've seen them, that right. they want for and for good reasons that people are calling for Disney to retheme Splash Mountain into something else. It it to mm-hmm. to anything, keep the ride the same, but just retheme it. Because we all know, you know, these characters are, and the ride takes the theme from Song of the South, which is not the most appropriate movie, especially in today's society, and for a good reason. Um, 
I've always been a proponent for Princess and the Frog, and then all of a sudden now everyone's on that train. Like, yeah, you heard it from me. Thanks a lot for jumping on <laughs> yeah, my train. Yeah, but it's train. a good idea, though. No, it's a, it a great idea that came yeah. from me. So, Disney, <laughs> Congrats, pass over that. Boss. Give me that Give me that Disney cheddar and don't ever call me Buck again. <laughs> um, give me that I do Disney. because it annoys you. Yeah, give me that Disney cheddar. But I'm cool with retheming it. Let's take Princess and the Frog out, and let's take Zootopia out. What would you retheme Splash Mountain to? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't necessarily make it a Disney IP. Then what would you put in it to replace the animals? Um, I'd keep the animals. Even though just... they're... The what? Go ahead, go ahead. I would just I would leave the animals and kind of make it like um the way that I feel about it is like you're going and it's kind of along the lines of Jungle Cruise. So now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. Josh, you you take control. I I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I just said robots. I don't know why that was the first thing that popped into my head. I just was thinking, you know, like just robots on the side of the water. Who's that ever seen so Because <laughs> be nothing's so safer than seeing an electronic creature just naked waiting to <laughs> well, that's get what splashed I, I mean, exactly. That's what I was saying. So I think that that's the best option for sure. But, robots. you know what? As I, it's, well, robots, but now hear me out. Set in old times, New Orleans. I mean, it doesn't have to be Princess and the Frog, but something New Orleans based mm-hmm. you know like the heavy jazz and uh i would be i would dig that with jazz music oh that'd be really, so fun yeah well with Someone... like like stuff that's like iconic to uh not not doing uh mardi gras obviously but like the voodoo <laughs> and kind of like the uh kind of like a scary ride i mean it's next to haunted mansion it would make more mm-hmm. sense because you know how many ghost tours there are in lot in in uh new orleans a lot so make it kind of like a spooky, like New Orleans type of feel. Yeah, but I think they're trying to appease children, too. I think that was a huge proponent of putting animal characters in well, Splash they, Mountain. They need to take out Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, then. I, I You're preaching you to the choir. You literally go to hell. <laughs> yeah, you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Um, someone in the, in the live chat when we were doing Instagram Live today said the rescuers or maybe that was me i think it was you but i loved it and i forgot you said that that's a great idea i don't because... know what that is does that make me a bad disney fan yes okay well at least you're honest Somebody's, no it doesn't someone needs to get on disney plus um yeah the, so the rescuers were the the two mice bernard and bianca and they are helping the little orphan girl was it penny yeah yeah and she has a really cool cat that wears glasses and has a huge, thick mustache. That cat was based off, um, his design was based off Ollie Johnston, actually, one of the nine old, nine old men. Oh, that's right. I did re- remember reading about that. He, and it, he does look like Ollie Johnston. That's Isn't crazy. That oh, my gosh. The things we remember when we see The Rescuers, which is currently available to stream on Disney Plus, Derek. Yeah, I need to do that. As well as the sequel that came out in 1990, Rescuers yeah, Down Under, first- which is yeah. actually really good. In a bayou, which is why you probably why you said that that would be perfect yeah. for Flash Brown because it actually takes place the whole, like 
on the water, on, you know, in the bayou. Yeah, and the rocky waters in the bayou. You could put the alligators in there. You can, you could put, you could put Medusa in there. You can put, cool. maybe put more than mice because mice are small and it's actually a pretty big ride. But put the other animal characters in there. I include the characters from Down Under. Who cares? Yeah. But I just don't know if it's a big enough IP for them to think it, it would be worthwhile. Yeah, I know. But is but why is why why are those Song of the South characters bigger IP? Because Tony Baxter wanted to do that. And I just oh, assume that Tony. it's been around Tony, a long Tony. time. Like Zippity Doodah. I heard that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you heard that probably out of context of the yeah, movie. not yeah. Oh yeah, probably, definitely out of context. You, there's there's a, a, a t- probably not a huge chance, but there's a a good chance you heard Zippity Doodah not even riding Splash Mountain. You might have heard it walking yeah. through the park. You might have heard it on a Disney sing along tape. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes more sense. But I mean, I haven't seen Song of the South, so. Which I can I probably it's not on my list for sure. <laughs> I mean I could skip that. Yeah. I'm ashamed to say that I do own a copy of Song of the South, but I do not watch it, folks. Um it is a it is a one time watch, I will say that, but it's not rewatchable, trust me. Well, it's it like gone with the wind. Oh yeah. But even yeah, then it's got no. good historical value and as a piece of history it's good to understand it, but I that's what my wife said. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. wouldn't rec- yeah. Go ahead. No, I just I wouldn't put it on for. I wouldn't play it for like family like four-year-old something. Yeah, it's not that. Like, kind hey of kids, show. pop on Disney Plus. We're watching Song of the South during dinner. Yay! That'd yeah, be yeah, weird. That would be, be absolutely awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's Splash Mountain. Yeah. Which does obviously need. I mean. It's just it's the the IP for it is just a little outdated. They need a they need to spice it up. And speaking yeah. of spice it up, where's a frozen ride? Uh, Florida probably. Oh really? Oh, okay. Florida has one. Gotcha. We're in, obviously uh, we're on the west coast, um, so we we're don't have the frozen. Cheap. Yeah, we're we're we don't have the frozen ride, so we're not super familiar with everything Florida has to offer. So. We're sorry. We like to talk about Disneyland, the original, the like Derek said, the OG, the original yeah. gangster Walt Disney. With the Dumbo ride. <laughs> yeah, that ride every park has. Well, this whole coronavirus thing sucks, huh? Well, yeah, it's canceled so many movies and pushed back so many movies and... You know, it, it, movies that could have been filming right now and given us posters and trailers have stalled out. But yeah. Hollywood's opening up, uh, slowly opening up again. <clears throat> Avatar 2 started filming in New Zealand. I really don't care because I think Avatar's overrated and I could care less about five sequels they're working on. Um, but uh, Marvel <laughs> Studios is getting back on track. Uh, oh, so yeah, Falcon the, and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, they're going back to the Czech Republic. Nice. Miss Marvel. Uh they're they're ooh, beginning ooh. the casting process for Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. So you'll think that because uh, I saw I heard you talk about that uh in the live stream where someone asked you which ones are coming first. Um obviously it seems like Miss Marvel has more headway going in. Yeah. Just from like just the uh 
just from like the the pieces of news that came out i mean they're they they sound like they're a little farther ahead than than the others but do you think they'll um do it kind of like the uh what am i trying to say here like the the falcon and the winter soldier and wandavision kind of like at the same time if they do like she hulk hawkeye oh i see what you're saying uh Possibly. It's so hard because the way I see it is WandaVision is paired with Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is paired with Black Widow to me, the way I see it. Because Falcon and the Winter Soldier can tease, has characters from the Thunderbolts, which is the kind of like the Marvel Suicide Squad. Right. Um, And Black Widow can also have those, also has the leader of the Thunderbolts with Thunderbolt Ross. And then I pair Loki with Thor Love and Thunder. So I'm I, I'm doing this pairing thing in my head. And it would just make so much sense because Captain Marvel 2 is dated for July 8th, 2022, for that to be the first one they roll the ball on. Because, like, right. She-Hulk, they could take their time on. There's, like, really no rush for She-Hulk because you really don't know what you're doing with the Hulk in general. And Hawkeye is one of those characters you could just kind of throw around anywhere. That's how he's been. That's how he will be. And you're basically introducing a new character, and I just I don't see how these characters tie into the the further future of the MCU, which may be Young Avengers, which is even farther in the future. And then which they're Mo- saying that could be an Ant Man three. Yeah, that's exactly. A, that's a rumor. And, and then yeah, a good rumor too. Um, yeah. And then Moon Knight, I just I don't know enough about Moon Knight and how he would tie in. He, it's Moon Knight oh. is the strangest to me. It's the Batman of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, besides I, Tony Stark. It, if Tony you, Stark and Moon Knight had a baby, it'd be Batman. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know the character that well. Would he be a, a possible, like, could he make an appearance in Mahershala Ali's Blade? No, yeah. Uh, I think that they coincide because uh, Dracula first appeared in, uh, I think it was Wolf of the Night or something. I think, that I think, I think, I think that's right. Yeah, so they they cross paths a lot, honestly. But it sounds like to me the the way that they're going for Moon Knight is there was this uh, they kind of revamped it. I think it was like four or five years ago, where they kind of changed up the the origin story of Moon Knight, where this guy's in an insane asylum, and you know he he is Moon Knight, so he's having these like flashbacks of like uh his like you know, doing like fighting crime is Moon Knight and uh he starts seeing Moon Knight and stuff, but the the whole comic it's its mood is like, is this guy really Moon Knight or is he crazy? Which would be, be an awesome way to go about that. Be interesting. Which one are you what, what of the new series? Let's not even talk about the ones that are further in development, which is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision and Loki. Let's talk She Hulk, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight. Which one are you more excited for and why? Josh, what do you think? Um, based on what you just said, Moon Knight sounds unique, and so that's what that one sounds. I'm not as informed about all this, all the Marvel stuff that's coming up, except for the, like the the ones that are like like you said, WandaVision and such. Um, but the Moon Knight one sounds really cool. That one, and that's yeah. Marvel. See, yeah, that's I, I'm sitting in the same boat too, but ho- like that's what I've just heard. I don't know if they'll go that route, but it would be so cool. If they did kind of like this kind of new mutants type of thing, or it's kind of like a little spooky. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So I'd I say would, that one for me too. 
oh man a part of me is like yeah miss marvel because i actually really like that character but i think it's moon knight like a chance to see what everyone has always called the marvel batman you know, in his own series, a little darker, but still a- able to get into the MCU. Because just remember, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight will all appear in, on the big screen in future MCU films. So, but they'll start out on Disney Plus. Yeah, they'll start off at, on Disney Plus. So it it's unknown yet, but I would just I would imagine She-Hulk appears. Maybe Thor: Love and Thunder with Hulk, or something where the Hulk appears. I, I don't see them introducing She-Hulk without Bruce Banner. Like it, it's, yeah, it would be really weird to me. Um, well, was the Hulk even going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder? I think uh, so. From yeah, from what I from what I heard Taika Waititi say on his live stream, oh. that's the case. I didn't know that because I thought they went like separate. I know Thor is supposed. Well, someone didn't read my article on thedisinsider.com. That's such a shame. Yeah, I don't um, remember. Miss... I was like, Thor's gonna be in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Just oh boy, it's no, been no, a long lady, time, lady Thor. Um, no, uh, Miss Marvel. Obviously, she, it it it's not confirmed, but we have to imagine it's Captain Marvel too. Um, oh, and then Moon Knight. I guess my best guess would be Blade. But like I said, I don't know his story as much as the other Marvel characters. Just kind of like throw it out there. He could be this type of vigilante type for like a Spider-Man film too. That's that's way out there though. Have they crossed paths before? Oh, yeah. Everybody has crossed paths. <laughs> well, I didn't know if they've, as an anti-hero, I don't know if they've crossed paths in the same way as, let's say, Daredevil and Spider-Man have. Well... Yes, I don't want to say that they're big storylines, but Moon Knight and Daredevil have definitely had some major storylines. So I just uh, kind of assumed for that. I don't know. Bring back well, an- Daredevil. Another little piece of good news is Selma Hayek posted on Instagram today as we're recording this that she's getting ready to do some reshoots for Eternals. Um, Which I am so stoked for. Oh, yeah, I'm I super too. stoked. That's going to be great. Here's the thing. No one should be scared of the word reshoots, and I feel like there are still every people on the internet. It. Yeah, everybody on the internet is scared of reshoots. Every film has reshoots. Every film, every single film, especially major reshoots. blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, exactly. I think they got scared after Justice League. <laughs> Justice League was going by for reshoots, and then it turned into a big pile of poopy d- dog poop. Yeah, it's yeah. Justice League's a great example to that reasoning, though. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Eternals, I'm excited for it. I don't know how much it opens the MCU up moving forward, but I'm super stoked oh. to see how it does. I can mm-hmm. tell you that it's gonna it's gonna spawn a whole new set of heroes for sure. Well, oh well, well yeah, I I don't imagine. You got the, yeah, you got the Guardians, but the Eternals are way more expanded than the Guardians, mm-hmm. and it's it's supposed to take place during. Eternals have a, been around longer though, right? Yo, they've been around for, I want to say, like, tens of thousands of years. They're going to time jump through the film. At least that's what uh, Kumail Nanjiani, he was kind of talking about it. He said there's going to be, like, a lot of time jumping. Hmm. So it makes sense. Did Shang-Chi restart production? I had seen some set photos, but I don't know if those were old set photos or if if they actually finally started reshooting. I'm not too sure. 
I want to say were, no. That film will be the first film to really... I, I, I guarantee you that Shang-Chi will restart shooting before Eternals goes back for reshoots. Because they're, yeah, they're, they're filming in the... They're filming in the safest part of the world right now, which is Australia, New Zealand. New Zealand has zero, zero cases of COVID now. They're, so, they're, they've beat it. Isn't that crazy? That's I mean, they're yeah. a small island, but still, they got, what, like 5 million people on that island? Something like that. It's like a New York type of deal. <laughs> Good for them. Good for New Zealand. Good for everyone. Good for Marvel. Yeah. But, now we just need the rest of the world to stay home. We can win, and then we can get all our movies going back into production. Well, as much as we want the movies to go back in production, Star Wars Celebration was canceled. Oh, I know. I, I feel I, like they I, went we, too early about that. Yeah, but maybe it was for the best. What they should have done. 2021. What they should have done is something like Comic-Con at home. I think a lot of these big conventions are, are really missing the mark here. Like, I think Comic-Con at home is going to be such a huge success. Oh, I know. They're marketing it super well, too. Yeah. Free and... parking. Pets welcome. <laughs> well, so that's what... cool. Okay, just think about it. So Comic-Con at Home's next month. What an awesome way to get people excited for Wonder Woman and you know, uh, Black Widow, if these studios drop final trailers at Comic-Con or character posters at Comic-Con. Or new um, projects. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the perfect marketing. Free, basically, free marketing. And it, it gets clear your every... weekend for that, boy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're I know. Watching that sh- we're watching that together. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, it's... Uh, y- yeah, I'm, I just think Star Wars Celebration missed the mark. And they said they'll refund tickets, but if you take your ticket and put it off to next year's convent celebration, they will give you a limited edition Stormtrooper pin. One, oh it's a, my god, that sounds it, awesome. It sounds just like the little pin you can get at, outside of every single attraction at Disneyland what for $19. Yeah, but it's exclusive. Well, that pushed off to 2022. Don't put the exclusive tag on it, Josh. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, I mean, today they announced uh, Emerald City Comic Con, uh, the Seattle Comic Con. It was in March, and then they obviously had to postpone it. They were going to postpone it to August. Well, today they announced... They're canceling it all together until 2021, but they're uh, not doing at-home stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's another announcement that smaller than Star Wars Celebration, but, yeah, one more uh, thing. Still, Emerald City Comic Con, they hold these panels, though, that draw big news. It's just like Ace Comic Con. Like, Ace Comic Con happened, and, like, Ewan McGregor's dropping news about Obi-Wan. It's, it's the Obi-Wan series, so it's crazy. Yeah. I didn't think those – like, when I think of Emerald City Comic Con, I think of WonderCon. And WonderCon's only good for is the floor and literally, like, watching Lost in Space, the first episode. Which we loved, by the way. That was it awesome. It was good. That's the only episode I've watched. I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, else. no, we've never seen the series all the way through. And there's, what, two is, seasons? Is it called Lost in Space? Yeah, it's Lost in Space. Okay. Danger, Will Robinson. That's exactly what he said. It sounded so weird, though. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and other Star Wars news. There's a rumor going around from Latino... Movie review. Um, Ooh, Umberto's old stomping grounds. Y- yes. They're not as successful without him. No, obviously not. They were, I don't <laughs> He's think. He's all the scoops. Yeah. Um, 
apparently Dave Filoni is overseeing this connected Star Wars universe that would include, you know, the Mandalorian an Ahsoka Tano series, which has been reported on general Thon and Ezra Bridger series, which has already been reported on a uh, Boba Fett series, which is a rumor, but has been reported on. And then an unannounced show, which has likely been reported on, but they're saying Dave Filoni is going to oversee everything kind of like play the John Favreau of all these series and possibly direct a couple uh, episodes per series. Do we care? I mean, Do we like it? Is it exciting? Uh, I, I have some thoughts. Lot. Go, Josh. Well, I, I mean, he's not as good of a live action director as he is an animation director. Um, but if he's getting practice in this stuff, he'll. I mean, I, I'm sure he'll get better. And I really like him. I think he's got a great spirit, and I think he's got a great love for Star Wars. That, um, for like the whole, like the entire franchise, not just like the original trilogy, which I think is good. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm on the same boat with that. Um, but I think he's been killing it in live action. You just do? Like, yeah, from like just touching on uh, The Mandalorian, it was instant success. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like some of the best Star Wars material like out there right now. Well, not, right. Or not even right now, but like ever. Yeah, I agree. The show as a whole is great. I, I, he only directed one. Didn't he only direct one episode or was it yeah. two? He directed one episode, and it was the weakest episode. Yeah, that's what I... I was overseeing it. Huh? I thought he was overseeing The Mandalorian. No, he directed an episode. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I meant. I think that episode uh, was one of the weaker episodes. Um, but, I mean, if he's continuing to... That was the first time he did live oh, action. Oh, he directed episode one. The, first, the very first episode, which was the most boring episode. Uh, I got a... Bryce Dallas Howard was, episode was not it was boring what? too. You mean the the big battle where the ATST was shooting down like villagers with kids and it didn't Gina fit. Carano gets injured? What? It didn't fit to me. It didn't fit with the story at all. Which one was that? What? Yeah. Oh man, I totally disagree. Well, that's why we're friends. <laughs> man, I thought Bryce Dallas Howard killed it. I'm excited to see what she does. Also, congratulations Anyways. on saying Boba Fett right. Oh, I'm yeah, I've learned now. Um, saying that in the mirror? Boba yeah. Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. I say, it in my, I say it in my dreams. When you say it in your dreams, you say it for real. Um, That's what you do as soon as you brush your teeth. It's like, yeah. okay, now what? Oh, Boba Fett, nailed it. Yep. Move on. Got it. Comb my hair. Let's, do let's, get, let's go to work and then do this podcast. No. <laughs> I have no issue with Dave Filoni overseeing a live-action universe. In fact, I don't mind if he even writes uh, on a lot of these uh, series, which I don't think he will, by the way. Um, and and let me let me remind everyone that Dave Filoni did not write all of the Mandalorian. So just a heads up, um, he didn't. He just he didn't. Um, he only directed one episode of The Mandalorian. Like I said, I personally think it's the weakest of the series uh, of of that season, but that's just me. I know I'm in the minority. Um, he is much better in the animation realm. Like that's his thing. But, but he does know Star Wars better than anybody else. Not named George Lucas. Like he does. It's it's him. It's George Lucas, Dave Filoni. And then you go a few tiers down, and you can probably throw out a John Favreau. That's how it ranks. So I think he can oversee a series, 
And I think if he can pick the mind of John Favreau a little better, who has more experience in this industry, I think this is good. I do not want to see him directing. I hope he oversees, writes some some material, let him direct a couple episodes, and then get key pieces like John Favreau did. That's how I see it. No, well, that's gonna yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but I don't agree with that. The first episode of The Mandalorian is the weakest one because that makes no sense to me. So I checked. He didn't direct the first episode. He directed the fifth episode, which is where they go back to Tatooine. Do you remember when they go back to like um, Tatooine and is it episode five? I guess. I think that's the one Dave Filoni directed. Hmm. No, episode five, the Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Oh, he directed two then. Well. Well, does that mean that he directed that really awful actor? The yeah, he did. Yeah, he Uh-oh. did. Oh, man, he did. But I didn't think, in, in all honesty, despite how bad he is as an actor, I I liked the episode in general. Did, that dude killed it. <laughs> like, Yeah, he, he was bad. <laughs> it, it's, uh, he is the oh, son. Oh, Mandalorian. What's up, dude? Let's go hunt down a somebody. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a good guy. No, psych, I'm a bad guy, kind of like you. No, he is the son of the. Oh, I can never remember this actor's name. He plays. Uh, he's an Ant Man, and he plays Scott Lang's ex-wife's new husband. What is his name? That's his kid, Bobby. Yeah, uh, Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale, kind of. Yeah, that's his son. Oh, dude. I guess the apple fars falls very far from the tree he is completely awful and oh boy and it's it it comes as a surprise because bobby is so good yeah side note this is not about disney did you guys see ready or not no i love ready or not i told you to watch ready or not i don't remember you telling me that but sam put it on and it is awesome it's like knives out with like, it's oh like, dude, it's, a, it's horror hide and seek knives. Yeah, but I my, what's that? I love Knives Out, so I'd probably like Ready or Not. Oh yeah, and it has Samara, uh, Samara Weaving, which is Hugo Weaving's niece, and she is great, super great. She'll, and be, in a Mar- Mar- she'll be in a Marvel movie. I, oh, I, I have, I have that strange feeling that she's gonna be like, um, Florence Pugh. Oh yeah, Fuji, Pugi, Pooh. It's Pugh. It's Pugh. I wish it was Pooh, but she'll be in a Marvel movie. You just gotta you wait and see. Right, but the the way the 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 reason why I brought that up is the uh the ant in Ready or Not is god awful, and she's a classic actress. Oh, uh, oh my god! I don't remember her name. She was I know exactly who you're talking about, and she was very bad. She was very off putting. If you look up overacting in the dictionary, her face would be right there. I don't know that Jake Cannavale or whatever his name is. He's he's a close second. He was pretty yeah. bad in The Mandalorian. Um. Oh, did you guys see Artemis Fowl? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I don't have any interest in seeing that. I didn't watch it because on the recommendation of this guy. I know. All right, okay. Skylar, let him have it. All right. First off, Artemis Fowl is originally supposed to be aimed at. Maybe at kids, teenagers, definitely not for adults. And if it was aimed for adults, shame on Disney. Hmm. I, so my my five year old son and I were sitting on the couch, and he fell asleep five minutes into the movie. <laughs> I swear to God, I posted it on Instagram. 
It was so boring. It is so bad. It takes everything good about the books and destroys it. Josh Gad, who I love, I love Josh Gad. He's responded to me on Twitter, on both the Diz in, on both the Diz Insider and the uh, on my personal page. He is horrible. He is a weird knockoff Hagrid who eats dirt and poops dirt at the elves. Kenneth Branagh, who's a classically trained Shakespearean director, is a doesn't know what he's doing. The kids, sorry, I like kids. I'm a, I'm a kid person. I have a son. I, these kids are awful. They're horribly. They can't. They went to the worst acting school in the world. They are the worst kid oh actors God. I've seen in a long time. And I've been to the movie theaters and I've watched Shark Boy and Lava Girl in theaters. Would That's you rather watch that? I would. I'd. I'd watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D without the 3D before I'd watch Artemis Fowl again. <laughs> That's how bad it is. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Judy. I've never heard you rip apart yeah. a movie I'm as sorry. hard Judy. as doing to Ju- Artemis Fowl. Judy. Once again, Judy Dench, classically trained actress. Horrible. She has this weird Irish accent, but Zero she's trying to make it sound healthy. Yeah, that and the Cats movie. I'd rather watch Cats than see Artemis Fowl again. That's how bad this is. And poor Yikes. Judy Dent. She's just not getting anything done recently. But you know what? What? Are, she's already a dame, so she wins. So now, now, now to go to the best part of the film, and that's the credits. And that's because we appreciate everyone that's worked on this film because I appreciate the movie-making process. Unfortunately, you made a god-awful movie. <laughs> and You liked it? Yeah. Or- I yeah, Rattan, um, he wrote the review for the website and I apologized to him for writing the review on the website and he's all uh I wanna give it one star and I'm said are you sure you don't want to give it zero stars? And he goes, The system won't let me give it zero stars. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I said, just put in parentheses, this movie gets zero stars. It is bad. I don't recommend anyone see it. And that's sad because I love Disney and I always give them the benefit of the doubt on a lot of things. But this one, I will not do that for. It's bad. It's horrible. And I would never, ever subject someone to such emotional and entertainment abuse. Dude, uh, uh, what's uh, Rattan? Is that is that our writer's name? I, I've never pronounced his name outside of reading it in my own head. Oh, well, anyway, he has this really great line in his interview. The cast was working an uphill battle with such two-dimensional characters that offered nothing to truly work with. <laughs> Dang! Uh, that, yeah. If that doesn't good. hit the nail on the head, man. It was a, it was a good review for a bad movie. So yeah. check out our review. Which very, scares very me well because well, it doesn't really scare me, but man, it doesn't make me feel any better that Disney says, okay, we're going to throw our weakest movie off of theater screens and put it on Disney+. And Let's do it now with the one and only Ivan. So do you not have faith in this movie or do you have faith in this movie and you're throwing it on Disney Plus in hopes that it takes away the stench of Artemis Fowl? See, so, that makes me scared for Ivan, the one and only Ivan, because they threw that on Disney Plus quickly. Do you you guys know who's in this cast, right? Stacked. Angelina Jolie, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Helen Mirren, Danny DeVito, Brooklyn Prince, Ariana Greenblatt, Ramon Rodriguez. It's stacked. Mike Davis. It is so stacked. Danny DeVito plays like a dog. It's yeah, it's the craziest. Sense. Yeah, it it's. Sorry, I'm, we I'm keep excited. cutting Josh off. Sorry, Josh. I'm, yeah, Josh, get 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 in here. No, you're good. I just I just have this bad habit of talking over people when I get excited. So I'm. Get excited. Yeah. Talk. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say. So I'll I'll, I'll remember. I'll 
USC in. We were talking about That's... Artemis Fowl being poopy. It's the art of podcast. Oh, I was gonna ask, have you guys watched all the, the originals? Like I know it started with like Noel and Leading the Tramp and Togo, but then there's been a couple other ones. Have you watched all the Disney Plus originals? And are they all bad or is it just like cause like I know, I know. you like Togo, Skylar? Yep. Togo is awesome. Yeah, Togo, Togo is really was good. awesome. But Togo um, was meant to be a Disney Plus uh, original film. Like, that wasn't, like, Disney was getting ready to put it in theaters and threw it on Disney Plus. It was, this will be a Disney Plus exclusive. But Togo's really awesome. It's very emotional, and William Defoe's really good in it. I That I recommend. And for the most part, in, a, in, in from what I've seen, like, I personally didn't, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the live-action remakes. I think they're a lot of fun, and I have no issue with remakes. If you don't like the remakes, then go watch the originals. They're still there. Um, but Lady and the Tramp didn't work for me. But a lot, I've seen a lot of people say Lady and the Tramp is, like, one of their favorites. Oh, really? And that is me. I yes. loved Lady and the Tramp. I loved it. I thought it was so well made. And just like the cast, it was... Uh, uh, it was a good cast. S. Thompson and Justin Theroux. Oh, man. They were great. Sam but, Sam Elliott as Trusty oh, was probably the yeah, best cast course. he could have done. Yeah. Um, Noel, I didn't like Noel. I'll be honest. I thought Noel oh, was bad. That's um, what I was gonna get. I loved Noel, and I don't know if I'm being biased because I love Anna Kendrick yeah, I was so much. Say you're an Anna, Anna Kendrick fan. Oh, huge. Um, even though her Quibi show is the weirdest crap I've ever seen. Well, it's Quibi. It's it's a streaming service called Quibi. And oh, I don't even want to say what the show is because it is not meant. F- oh for yeah, don't share. Virginiers, so not doing that. But um, yeah, I really like Noel. I had a lot of fun with it, and it's. I mean, it's a. What? what I show it to my kids on Christmas. Uh, it is good for kids. It wasn't good for a thirty-year-old watching it by himself. Well, it's good for a twenty-six-year-old. Uh, it's those four years. They make all the difference. Yeah. I guess. Uh, Timmy Failure is probably the highest rated Disney Plus original film. That one has gotten the best reviews. I believe it was when I last saw it, it was sitting on like an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. That one. And it was directed by Spotlight Director. Uh, or not Spotlight Director. Uh, I always get Spotlight and the the other movie Confused that has Steve Carell in it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, um, Tom McCarthy. He directed. Oh, my gosh. You're not it's, thinking of uh the mortgage movie right yes the mortgage movie that was that wasn't that was uh uh I, it wasn't spotlight but i get it that did the, it was adam adam mckay right adam he mckay did, no. yeah he did, no. he, he did that one vice president movie by advice no no vice. no okay then well he also yeah he also did that one he directed i'm i'm blank i'm looking it up right now i'm blanking on the movie that i was thinking of he directed timmy failure he did, oh he did direct spotlight okay I, I was okay, getting there. You directors. go. You're second guessing yourself. <laughs> yeah. So they got him to direct a Disney Plus original movie. A guy who was nominated for an Academy Award said, That's "Hey, rad. we're gonna give you a Disney Plus original movie," and he directs the, probably the best one. And I have not seen Star Girl. There is nothing that mm-hmm. interests me about Star Girl. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I pray the other Disney Plus original movies will be good, so I'll keep my fingers crossed for the one and only Ivan and Flora and Ulysses, and there's another one in them. I I still have to make my way through the whole. I've just been watching old stuff. (laughs) That's what it's there for, is that old classic IP. 
Yeah, and I hope they keep adding to it because there's a lot of old shorts that aren't on there and a lot of old movies that would be cool to see. But What's there's, your, there's a lot of good stuff too. So Josh, because I know you're the big Disney like history guy, it's what is your what is your go? Give me like two or three go-to Disney history uh, movies you like to watch, whether it's live act. Uh, keep it live action, actually. Keep it live action. Um, I think Treasure Island is a great one um, because that was the first live Ooh. action that was ever ever made, and it's actually a good movie. Um, yeah. And that's that's on Disney Plus. Um, I'm trying to think. I love The Parent Trap. I think The Parent Trap, the original one, is a great movie. A lot of fun. Like the 60s ones, right? Not Lindsay Lohan? Sorry. Even the Lindsay Lohan one's pretty good. They're both good. But I think the original with uh, Maureen O'Hara and um, Haley Mills is really a great watch. Um, Yeah, it is. It's very good. And then um, another one, a good one, is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, yes. I was hoping you'd say that. so yeah, those are those three are on Disney Plus. Um, the ones that I want to watch are on Disney Plus are the ones that are like some of the early ones that no one's ever heard of. Like some of the small ones that are just hard to find or not available digitally. So oh. hopefully Disney's restoring those kinds of movies that you know you can't find or buy on DVD anymore. Yeah, so those those kinds of movies are like they even have the 70s and 80s ones, like uh, the computer who wore tennis shoes and um with kurt russell and there's there's all sorts of obscure like 70s movies too it's so crazy i i always recommend uh the love bug i think the love bug is awesome it's funny it's you've been pushing for that not not really pushing but you've been like hailing over that yeah for for a a while as long as i know you there's buddy hackett um another one is the apple dumpling gang is a really good one i like but i like old timely hollywood and Everyone knows the story that, you know, Walt, the, one of the last movies Walt Disney greenlit was uh, Aristocats. Mm-hmm. Um, same was for The Love Bug. That was, the, that was the last one Walt really got to greenlight was The Love Bug. And it's so good. It's like it introduces you to Herbie and that's always cool. And Apple Dumpling Gang, uh, you know, uh, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea is, a, is an instant classic. Like that to me screams the epitome of what Walt Disney could do with a live action film. Um, that and of course, Mary Poppins, but there's so many classics on there. Yeah. Um, so something cool happened today, Skylar. Lewis Black tweeted at us. Yeah. Oh man, that was so cool. I, I, I okay. So to give you guys some context, cause I don't know if you guys know this story. Cause I, it, this only happened last night is, we have a follower on Twitter who's from who runs a Disney page from South America, and they have a pretty good following. And him and I have been in contact. He speaks English, and we've been in contact for about a couple of years now. And he's always liked the page and supports everything we've written up and sources us all the time. Well, uh, his name's Fabricio. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. I don't want to butcher it. But his name's Fabricio. And he he, he messaged me on Twitter and said, hey, I, I have a story on in, uh an article on inside out that I wrote up, I'd like to share it with you. Give me some pointers. And if it's good, if you guys need it for your site, for content, you're more than welcome to have it. And I said, awesome, email it over. And it was really good. It was, it was the, yeah, I read it. It was basically like how inside out, like impacts like us in our lives and how it meant to, what it meant to him. And so I, 
you know, I took that article, I put it on the site, I put his name, last name, and I even gave him a little description on the site as a guest writer. And we put it on the site. It, started, it did pretty well. It gained, it went on Google's top stories. And then today, the group chats are going off, and they're like, oh my god, look, and they shared this tweet of Louis Black, who voices anger in Inside Out. He shared it with a quote from Inside Out, and it was so cool. Yes, that's wild. That's yeah. That makes this all insane just going through this whole motion yeah and that's what makes all this fun is when we get to interact with like people who you know do these things we fall in love with whether it's a josh gad who's tweeted at us uh you know now lewis black or um just anyone in that spectrum it, it makes it so much more fun you know doing what we're doing yeah exactly and, and um, you know, it's telling. So you know Lewis Black opened that up and quickly read it. Oh, yeah. See, that's just... that what blows my mind the most is that he – you do remember when we were running uh, the Cinema Insider and we posted something to do with Shazam and Daniel Cudmore took something that was in the body that wasn't even in the title and tweeted at us? Yeah, that was super cool. That was really cool. And if you guys don't know who Daniel Cudmore is, he was in the we he was one of our fan cast for Shazam, but he is known for being the original Colossus in the first three X Men yeah. films. He was a good Colossus too. Mm-hmm. Um, we we like us some Daniel Cudmore. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I did. Did you guys like Inside Out? Oh, I, I loved it. Inside Out. It was such. It was like it was like Monsters Inc for me, and not because Monsters Inc is my favorite Pixar movie, but the idea. That's why I love Monsters, Inc. so much, because I'm like, dude, why didn't I think of that? Like, that is such an insane idea. Like, making Monsters Under Your Bed a full-fledged corporation. That is insane. And, you know, Inside Out, making, like, all your emotions and what it does to human character. That is such a good idea. And that's what Pixar is good at. Well, that's what Pete Docter's good at doing, because that's Pete yeah. Docter directed Monsters, Inc. He directed Inside Out. Now he oversees Pixar, and his movie Soul is doing the same kind of thing, uh, which Soul comes out, what, November 21st or something like that? I'm for that movie. Yeah, oh, I know. It's it, it's Pixar doing what Pixar does best, and that's storytelling that's made for all ages but isn't kid-centric. Like, they have movies that are kid-friendly, but it fits for all adults. It's... There's a difference between watching, uh, in my opinion, you know, a Wreck-It Ralph as opposed to a Soul or a ins- or an Inside Out. It's it yeah. gets you thinking. Where Disney Animation, which does wonderful things, does it for entertainment value and the story. Where Pixar expands and makes you think. And I've always liked that about Pixar. And I'm sorry, Judge. Talked about that earlier today, actually, about how Disney versus Pixar, how Pixar just kind of takes it deep, just takes a deeper look into these kind of topics that Disney animation doesn't always touch on, which is what really sets it apart. But I think that'll change now that Jennifer Lee oversees uh, the Walt Disney uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios. I think that'll change. I think her and Pete Docter are going to work so closely together despite being in two different studios. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some Patreon questions if you guys want to hop into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta support our Patreon uh, Patreons. Uh, yeah, we actually got a someone who was a five dollar Patreon subscriber. They've upped their uh, subscription to twenty dollars, and uh, we just want to thank him now. So he's become an executive yeah. producer on the podcast. We, we have five now. 
five yeah, executive we, producers. Yeah, so all th- I don't know if you got his the new, newest one's name. So I will quickly shout him out. And that is Adam Armstrong, who pledged from $5 to $20. Adam, we appreciate your support yeah. on the Thank podcast you. and especially on that level. And we will make sure to get your name. And I'm almost done with it, by the way. But we will make sure to get your name on the Patreon page of the website. And when designs are finished from Alexis, we will have designs ready for the gifts for all our Patreon subscribers. And we'll do cool yeah. things like this, like a Q&A and all sorts of good stuff. But uh, who else is an executive producer? So our executive producers, <clears throat> I'm just going to go down the line. Actually, you know what? I'll throw it at the end. All of our executive producers, because that's kind of what happens when, you know, a show's yeah. over. You do well, the credits. So, so it, uh, as a Patreon uh, subscriber, we you'll have the chance to get your question answered on our show. Uh, when we do, when Josh actually does the interviews, you'll have a chance to ask a question to a celebrity. Uh, we'll obviously have to read it because we got to make sure it's acceptable for that celebrity that gets interviewed. Um, so Josh will probably have to proofread that, but you'll have that chance. So there's some really good perks when being a Patreon subscriber to the Diz Insider. Um, so let's get into these Patreon questions. Yeah, and one more thing that I wanted to add is uh, we got the okay from Mastertainment to come on the podcast. And if you guys cool. don't know who he is, he is the Easter Egg Master. I think he's the only one to get 75% of the stubborn Easter egg that James Gunn put in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Uh, James Gunn is a big admirer of him, uh, brought him to San Diego Comic-Con. He's a really, really cool dude. So um, we'll have you guys uh, ask him some questions because he's full of, like, if you guys thought I knew Marvel, dude. Yeah, this guy. This guy knows about the Marvel inside of Marvel. So we'll we'll figure out how to get him on soon um, yeah i told him soon yeah and then we'll get the other writers on the show we'll get cammy kayla yeah. and, you know the rest of the team yeah. on here working, as we as we go yeah, we'll yeah, probably we'll be a guest every week but we're guests. working on it yeah, yeah. okay um, so it's, it's patreon questions also just a milestone am i sounding okay am i cutting out yes am i no you sound good oh sound good. i was like dude come on not again okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, boy. You scared me. very upset if we recorded for an hour and you are cutting out. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So this one comes from Andrew D. He said, hi. How long have you both, well, all three of us, been interested in Disney? And he put in parentheses hardcore. So I guess means hardcore Disney. Is that and Adam what's your favorite? No, it's Andrew D. I don't know his last oh, name. Oh, Andrew D. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what is our favorite reimagined classics? And I'm assuming he means classic Disney Regardless if it's live action or uh, so, like the live action remakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh, why don't we start with you, our guest? Well, let's see. Um, I've always, when I was a kid, I loved Disney. I loved the Disney movies, and then like during my teenage years, I sort of like sort of was less interested. And then like it came and like as a resurgence when I was getting married, like I said earlier, and we were planning our trip to Disneyland, um, and it just hardcore that's when the hardcore disney interests came so that's since so the last i guess let's see three or four years um for my hardcore interest and then my favorite reimagining would be beauty and the beast because i love the classic hollywood musical vibe it gives off nice awesome skylar 
Um, well, I'll summarize it because my my love for Disney spawned early. I've I've said it many times. My love for Disney came from my mom. Uh, she's sitting over here. I need to make sure she heard that shout out. Um, hi, Marcia. He, oh, Derek says hi. Hey. Live on the podcast, she said hey. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my love for Disney. Her taking me to the parks when I was a young kid, and her telling me stories of watching Peter Pan over and over and over and over, and just remembering the Disney sing-alongs and buying books and the remember the Disney Adventure magazines they used to sell at the grocery store on the side counters. Yes, I used to. Yeah, they were like Reader's Digest for like Disney fans. That's Loved awesome. them. Um, yeah, and my my love for Disney spawned, and I've always been a huge film guy just outside of Disney. I, I love film. I love classic cinema, and the history of Walt Disney has always fascinated me because he, he, he grew up through the birth of film, through old-time Hollywood up until his sadly passing, and, uh, you know, I was a, it, it, it's what led me to starting a silly little Instagram page that turned into something serious. And if it wasn't for my Instagram page, I wouldn't have met like Derek or Josh. And and now I built these relationships that'll, you know, last with me forever, which is awesome. Um, and you know, now we're doing this and it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's been so exciting. And my favorite of the Disney live action remakes, I, I go back and forth between them all. I really like Christopher Robin uh, Beauty and the Beast, I, I have a soft spot for, but it, it's probably Christopher Robin or Jungle Book, though. Those are both Rad. I'd say Jungle there. Book. Okay. Um, so my love for Disney came to me very late. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, yeah, I watched all the classic movies, but I wasn't, like, super into Disney. Um, but it came Disney came to me from like Marvel. Like I was always a superhero fan. So like I've collected comics almost all my life. And then once Marvel got picked up by Disney and spawned this whole insane franchise that I'm excited to show my kids because they're not going to have to wait as long as I did. They're going to get all 23 right, <laughs> right when they pop out. Um, but it wasn't until I joined the Diz Insider that I really started getting into Disney because it kind of required me to. You know what I mean? Um, but now, like, I wouldn't even say, like, I'm hardcore into Disney. Like, I'm I'm here for the Marvel and the Star Wars. But um, I do appreciate a lot of Disney. Um, I do appreciate, like, uh, like, how it was founded and just, like, the like what Skylar said, like, the life that Walt Disney lived and how he created this insane product that everybody in in the world knows about i find that insanely fascinating but as far as reimagined classic uh i gotta go with aladdin i loved that will smith did such a good job as the genie like it it was it was gonna be hard to overtake what robin williams did with the role but will smith made it his own and it was actually really good like there were some nods to robin williams genie but he was his role as the genie was the most surprising to me. Like he was, there's always those roles where you're just like, oh man, he's not gonna do good. And I think that a lot of people thought that with Will Smith when he was initially casted. Like Will Smith, um, he I it think was he like the Heath Ledger for the Joker. You know, exactly. it's not, it's gonna be, you know, it surprises you, and then you're like, oh my god, dude, Will Smith is genie, brilliant. Okay, moving down the line. Thank you, Andrew, for your question. Um, this one comes from Spencer Wary. Uh, 
he says, can we expect any new Little Mermaid news or scoops in the near future, such as a full cast list or maybe how certain characters will look? And Skylar, you kind of touched upon this on the live stream today. Yeah, it, and Spencer's a longtime follower. Always in the he was probably the one that asked that question in the live stream today, actually. Oh, rad. Um, yeah, so it was possible. Here's the thing: every time Disney does a live action remake, there are photos to get you started for the production. They will do the same for the Little Mermaid. If what I'm hearing is true and it does go into production in July, we will get a cast photo. That's just that's just how it goes. And then you're gonna get set photos, and you're gonna once the set photos come out, you'll have an idea what they're gonna look like. What's what you're not gonna see is you're not gonna see Hallie as a mermaid. Not not now. The visual effects aren't done. You might see it's gonna be in Pinewood Studios on a closed set. You're not gonna see those photos. You're gonna see a cast photo outside and maybe maybe Jonah's in costume, but you're not gonna see you're not gonna see the special effects stuff for anytime soon, at least. All right. Um. Okay. Our new uh twenty dollar subscriber adam armstrong says who's in the running to play the evil queen in snow white remake oh uh adam thank you so much for uh supporting us like i said i can't answer your question because i'm working on that story right now um derek knows about it um i'm sure i'll tell josh here if i can remember but derek knows and i've told derek and the actress is a I will tease and say the actress they're looking at is an Academy Award winner. Boom. And this, uh, just wait till you guys hear about it. It's cool. Okay, this one comes from our old pal Elliot. He says, when it comes to Disney trying to adapt best-selling fantasy book series like Chronicles of Narnia, Artemis Fowl, etc., into a film franchise to be their Disney Harry Potter, and they don't do it well both critically and financially – should Disney consider making them now into a TV series for Disney Plus like Percy Jackson that is currently being scripted for the platform and hopefully other popular fantasy young adult novels too? Boy, that was a long one. Uh, Josh, you want to take over that one? Yeah, I don't think it matters too much the format, whether it's a Disney Plus series or a movie or a series of movies, um, as long as the script is good because people run into a lot of problems when adapting books um, to film and yeah so i think if the script is solid and they've worked that out they're gonna be a lot better off right off the bat than if they just if they don't look at it as a separate thing from the book perfect skylar do you have anything to add to that i no i think that was said perfectly i i just think it it automatically moving a book series from film adapting something into a series isn't going to make it any better or any worse it might it might be a better idea in terms of long value but like a lot of these movies are being made to tell cohesive stories through multiple films and sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does in the case for percy jackson those books are so long in story that they feel it makes sense to do one book a season. And that doesn't mean it's going to be an amazing thing. Like, we have no idea how Percy Jackson will be when it releases on Disney+. Plus. So it's a wait-and-see kind of thing. Cool. Okay, this next question comes from Mitchell Reed. He says, Thought I read somewhere along the way that there were some pretty big parts of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because the plot involved a pandemic. 
I could totally just be making this up and just imagine I read this during some crazy quarantine dream. Uh, you didn't make it up. What you read was accurate, but I, I can't remember what how it affects the story. I don't think it's like a, like a sickness virus, like the coronavirus. I think it's like a. I think it's like a mutation outbreak or something, which I, I guess is the coronavirus. I don't know. <laughs> Hit the nail. I don't on know. They're like the Simpsons. All uh, I can they're... say is. All I can say is he's not wrong. They already shot most of the series. It's done. There's no reshoots. They're not gonna fix. It. They're not gonna fix it. They're gonna try and get this film wrapped and hopefully loaded for August if it can make that August premiere date. Okay, perfect. Okay, last question. This comes from Joseph Healy. He said, "I was wondering the Kingdom Hearts Disney Plus show news came out of nowhere and the teases were amazing." Other than what it was already said, do you know anything more about the show? Oh, man. Unfortunately not. It's just – it's super early. There's so many rights things going on with, you know, Square Enix and Disney. And where 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 do the Final Fantasy rights lie? I'll have to look into that. Like, yeah. And since it's a series, does it count? Because film and series are two different rights sometimes, so it's a little hard. And but it's super early. All we know is that they're looking at bringing the voice cast for the games back, and who basically voiced all these classic Disney characters. And um, it's gonna be animated. No way they're making a live action, you know, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse. Oh my gosh, I'm not doing it. Well, can you imagine the budget on that thing, and then the licensing for that? Well, I guess it's not really licensing. They already yeah. own them all. But whatever. Production budget. Yeah, exactly. All right. Time for the rumor of the week. Week, 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 week. Hey, so you you sounded like one of those Disney tour guides, too. That was good. I like that. See? This is your birthday song. It is not very long. All right. Rumor of the week. Lilo and Stitch, uh, we exclusively reported a couple months ago that the live-action remake is being developed for Disney+, Plus, so it'll be a Disney Plus exclusive like Lady and the Tramp and the aforementioned Artemis Fowl, which is awful. Anyways, Lilo and Stitch, what we're hearing is in uh, later this year in the fall. They're saying fall. There's really no date. Where it could, It's possible this is going to be an October or November uh, start. Um, later this year, they're going to film in both Australia, which very likely will be at their new, uh, studios where Thor Love and Thunder will be filming at the 20th Century Fox Studios in Australia, which has a lot of property, by the way, and will film in Hawaii. And Pleakley, this is weird, so follow me here. In the animated film, Pleakley's a guy who, a guy alien, male alien, what, I don't know how genders work in, in extraterrestrial space um he was a from our understanding he's a male alien who when he comes to earth basically dresses as a woman um to kind of disguise himself amongst the humans well in the live action film i had to reread the character description on this to get this right what i've heard is the role of pleakley will be played by a male actor and then halfway through their movie, will transform into a female and will be played by a female actress. Because the alien is able to morph into a female. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool, actually. It's a, it's a, it's a twist on the, the animated film. But uh, 
those are the cool two little rumors of the week. Um, if you want to hear more rumors of the week, we, you know, be back every week when we do this show. Tell your mm-hmm. friends. I've had a lot of people ask if we're going to drop this show uh, for free once after a certain amount of time. We're not going to because we feel if you are a subscriber to the Patreon, this is a gift for you. This is something that we thought would be exclusive to you. So we're going to give you these rumors and scoops that we're hearing inside Hollywood, you know, stuff that we really probably shouldn't be, you know, we probably should be writing up, not sharing. And we decided, you know what, these guys should get the inside scoop and not a lot of podcasts do this. And we wanted to do this as like a gift to our subscribers. So this show will not go to Spotify or, or Apple or iTunes. I'm going to get a Starbucks. Hang on, hang on boys and, and, and girls who are listening. Um, got my Starbucks. Thanks mom. Uh, and another question we're getting is uh, losing my train of thought here. Derek, help me out. Jumps uh, uh, shirts and buttons. Uh, those are getting worked on right now. Derek and I are 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 actually looking and working on designs. Uh, if you want to make sure it's perfect. Yeah. If you want to give your input, let us know. Patreon. You, you guys are Patreon supporters. You're you're our patron patrons. So if you have any input. It will seriously be looked at and considered. Uh, we're working on some cool gifts for you. Um, hopefully, we can get working on that pretty soon. And you're the ones who have the twenty dollar at the Iger level, the Iger tier. Uh, your names will be on the website at least by Friday this week. So look out for that. We'll share the page on Twitter and Instagram so you guys can take a look at it. And yeah, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having yes, me. Yes, this was a pleasure. Josh, where can our lovely Patreon subscribers find you on the interwebs? They can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Sharp 22 and at just Josh Sharp 22 on Instagram. Awesome. And don't forget to check out all his work. Your stuff has been awesome. Talented writer. Um, Okay. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, This show was brought to you by Lauren Javier, Adam Armstrong, Elliot Bullock II, Eric Nova and Brian Griebel. We thank our executive producers for making, you know, this possible and helping the show and the website move forward. So we yeah, thank you this, a lot. It really does help the podcast get better. Like without you guys, it's it, this would be very tough to do. Yeah. All right, Skyler, where can they find you at? You guys can find me at Skyler Schuler on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you search for me on Facebook, you will. Uh, be unsuccessful so i am sorry for that um but yeah i do uh instagram story questions um once every couple days it's a lot of fun uh you know we talk movies all sorts of stuff derek and i go live josh and i'll go live uh twitter's fun i ran on twitter sometimes i'm a little over dramatic on twitter but you know it's twitter it's personal and then uh the diz insider on instagram uh facebook which josh runs uh we're, we're everywhere we're also on tumblr we don't even go on our Tumblr anymore. We probably have a MySpace for all I know. We have a, we have a, we have an AOL Instant Messenger account. Um, exactly. We have an Xbox all. Live account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hit us up. We're on PlayStation Network. Um, yeah. So follow us on all the various social media networks. Yeah. And then uh, I only have a Twitter at the Derek Cornell. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. All, all right. right. Play that outro music. Five, four. Three, three, two, two, one. Okay, bye.